Hey there, and welcome to the devotional. I'm Walter, the dyslexic bilingual hillbilly and pastor of the Rhine River Baptist Church. Today is Thursday, August 24th, 2023. And today we're looking at uh, Isaac, the son of Abraham and Sarah. Um, and, and as we look at him, I, I think of him as a man of, of vision, but a man of obedience as well. And hopefully I can bring this across uh, a few years ago as I was studying uh, Genesis 22 and just the different things there. Something struck me as very interesting. So I hope I can bring this across to you today. Uh, Genesis chapter, uh, we'll look at Genesis chapter 22 verses 7 and 8 right now and then talk a little bit about uh, just this life of Isaac who honestly for one of the patriarchs he's not uh, the the Bible doesn't give a lot of space to him um, it doesn't give nearly as much space to him as it does to Abraham or to Jacob or Israel if you want to call him that so we'll we'll start off with Genesis chapter 22 verses 7 and 8 it says and Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said my father and he said here am I my son and he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. And as I look at this whole scenario, uh, here God is testing Abraham. Uh, the Bible says that um, the word tempt is used there and and. Uh, I understand why they use that word, and it's a good word to use there. God was putting Abraham through a test, and he was tempted to not obey God or to obey God, uh, not surrender everything or surrender at all. And, and as Abraham surrenders everything, Isaac is kind of caught uh, in the middle of this because that's the, the main thing here. Uh, Abraham has waited for years for Isaac to come along and God has promised him and God has said that Isaac would be uh, the one through whom God fulfilled his promises. And, and you find even later on in the New Testament that uh, we're told that uh, Abraham believed God that God could even raise him up from the dead. And but here Isaac is the one that is being asked to do all this. And and it's so interesting. Isaac was obedient to go on this three-day journey, which honestly, for a young man to go with his, his dad on a three-day journey, uh, traveling, that, that's not a bad thing to do at all. It's a fun thing to do. Uh, in fact, uh, my son and I, we took one year right as COVID was starting. Uh, we loaded up our bikes and we took a, a three-day bike ride and, and we rode up the, the Rhine River from Mannheim to Mainz and then rode back and just had a blast. Um, but this three-day journey, he, he was willing to go with his dad. Not only that, he was willing to carry the wood for the offering. Now, understandably, that, that's not a big thing. He was willing to take uh, the heaviest thing where um, Abraham took the fire and the knife, uh, but Isaac was willing to put the wood for the burnt offering on his shoulders. And then not only that, he was willing uh, 
to lay himself down on the altar to be to be bound and laid down on the altar by his dad and you know maybe uh, i've heard some people say that uh, well he was probably about um you know 12 13 years of age you know the time for them to do the bar mitzvah and you know maybe that's correct um i have a theory that he was a little bit older than that uh that he was getting close to 40 uh maybe about 37 uh and, and you might say well why do you say that and this is just a silly thing here but i i say that because uh you look in the next chapter and you see when sarah died that's kind of the next thing that happens and, and i can just imagine them coming home from this thing and uh, here god has appeared to abraham and isaac is right there he gets to hear the voice of god he gets to see god provide this ram that's caught in a thicket and, and boy what an experience i mean you come right to the edge of death and god provides god does it all and and what faith that would have uh inspired in isaac and and then to come home and tell mom what we've done you know this is what we just did while we were out there and you know even if he is 37 at the time just the wow I got to see God face to face. I got to speak with God. I got to hear his voice. He reiterated the covenant. Wow, what a privilege it was to be able to be there. And I can imagine as Sarah is hearing that, uh, she just has a heart attack because you did what with my son? Uh, and that was the last straw. Um, but, you know, we don't know any of that. Uh, the Bible doesn't tell us that. It doesn't get into the details there. That's just how I imagine that it might have gone. Uh, but again, he was obedient. He was willing to be laid down. If he was 13, I am sure he could have outrun Abraham. Uh, if he was 30-something, I'm sure he could have overpowered Abraham. So either way, uh, he had to submit and be willing to be sacrificed uh, there. That's the first thing that I notice here. But he was also obedient in the drought. Uh, when you read down a little bit further in Genesis chapter 26, uh, verse 2, it says that there was a drought in the land and God told him specifically, stay in the land. Don't go to Egypt like your parents did. So he was obedient and he didn't do what his dad did and go to Egypt. But then he was somewhat disobedient. He did what his father did. Uh, he said that uh, his wife uh, was not his wife, but was his sister, and, and therefore causing a problem with King Abimelech. Now, Abimelech, uh, I think, is a title that is used that was passed on from son to uh, from father to son uh, for the Philistine kings at that time, and, and so he he gets caught on that. He confesses, and God blesses him again. Uh, he blesses him in such a way that the king Abimelech pushes him out of the land and he winds up leaving where the Philistines are and moving about 30 miles uh, onto the, uh, the east and the south, uh, almost halfway to the Dead Sea there uh, to a place called Beersheba. And, and 
that's significant because oftentimes it, it refers in the Bible, you're, you'll hear the term from Dan to Beersheba. Um, and, and Beersheba is the furthest south, not the furthest south, but that seemed to be one of the furthest points south that that they would reign. And so this is where he got shoved to and God is still blessing him. God is still showing his mercy to him. And, and because he was willing to be obedient, um, God continued to bless him. And he was a person of the covenant. Uh, in all of this, he was a peaceful man. He didn't fight. There were three wells that were dug and he could have fought over all of them, but he didn't. He just kept moving back and moving back. And it reminds me of the verse that the Bible tells us, as much as in you as live peaceably with all men. And that's the way Isaac was. So uh, we can see that all the way down to verse uh, 33 there in Genesis chapter 26, verse 33. Uh, it tells how that he dug this last well and named it Sheba or Beersheba. And, and so uh, what can we learn from from Isaac. Well, first off, the first thing that I see from him is that we all could learn to be a living sacrifice, someone that's willing to lay down our lives. Uh, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 says this, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Um, our lives should be offered up to God, and whatever he asks us to do, we should be willing to do it. And I'm afraid that in our day and age, so much of the time, we have in our mind what God can do and what God can ask of us. And if it goes outside of that, uh, we just are unwilling to. God might ask you to go to a foreign land. God might ask you to learn a different language. God might ask you to learn a whole different culture and dress a whole different way like he did with Hudson Taylor. And, you know, are we willing to go to those links to obey God? Uh, the next thing that I see from him, we should do all we can for the glory of God, even in times of spiritual drought. First uh, Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31 says, uh, whether, whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. Uh, do we take the glory of God so seriously that at our jobs, uh, at our schooling, and with our relationships, with our hobbies, with whatever we do, we're giving it our all for his honor and his glory. Uh, I have found that it is so freeing when you look at life this way and say, is this something that I can honor God at and honor God doing, then I better do it to the best of my abilities. And, and that frees us up in a lot of areas. So, um, and the last thing, we should remember that the covenant that he has made with us is to be shared with those around us. Uh, Matthew chapter 28, uh, verses 19 and 20, uh, it's the Great Commission. Go ye therefore unto all or go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. So uh, as I look at Isaac's life, uh, 
yes, he's a little bit obscure, but he is such a good example for us all of just being obedient and the vision that he had going forward that God was going to do something special there. So I, I hope that's an encouragement to you, and I hope that's something that you can apply to your life today. If this has been any help to you, I encourage you to pass it on to a friend. I was listening to something earlier today, and they said uh, that with these type of mediums, uh, the best advertisement is just word of mouth, just passing it on to your friends. So uh, if you found this to be helpful to you, just pass it on to someone else. Uh, sure to appreciate it. Uh, look forward to having you with us the next time. Until then, auf Wiedersehen.